Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 13 of the Jake's Take with Jacob Elishar podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Elishar, the chief content producer and writer of Jake'sTake.com. It is episode 13, and I'm very grateful to have one of my favorite house guests from Big Brother 21 here. With He has one H, he earned one HOH and one veto and made it all the way to the Final Four. It was nominated for America's Favorite House Guest on his season. So please welcome the fabulous Cliff Hogg. How are you, Cliff? Hey, howdy, Jacob. How are you? And let me add to that one HOH and one veto, one banishment win and one comeback win. So uh, I totally need to, I totally forgot. I apologize, but we'll get into those wins earlier, later. Yeah, all righty. So, Cliff, it has been so. It, so, Cliff, when did you become a fan of Big Brother, and how did that passion evolve and desire to audition for the show? Oh my gosh, it's amazing! I've been a reality TV fan forever. I uh, was excited when I heard Mark Burnett was doing Survivor, and and I was there for episode one of, of that show. Uh, and then uh, the same year, just a little bit later that summer, Big Brother, uh, the first season launched. And I started watching that and actually watched most of that first season of Big Brother. But unfortunately, I had a brother that was killed by a drunk driver in September. And so I missed the last bit of, of the first season of Big Brother and life got in the way. And, and I really didn't s- get back to Big Brother until season eight. And at that point, I, I watched it. Um, and that was the season with Evil Dick, and I just fell in love with the show, uh, the strategies, the plotting, uh, just everything that goes on to try to win that show just captured my my imagination. And so I've been a huge fan ever since season eight. Uh, I've got kids that started watching, I don't know, season 14 or 15, and my, my wife as well, and so it turned into a bit of a family event that we would watch that show and, and sit around the, the dinner table talking about, about the episodes. Uh, my wife and I have watched the live feeds for the last few years also. And so I was absolutely a huge fan, but I'd never, and I'm, all, I'm one of those that always after every episode would play it over in my mind and think, oh, I would have done this. I would have done that and you know, figuring out how I would have done the thing differently. But I never actually had sent in a videotape uh, to compete in the show and just happened last February to hear there was an open casting call here in Houston. Hey, Haley Broker from season 20 had posted something uh, on Twitter about it. And so I went down with my wife just as a joke saying, Oh, let's go watch everyone try out just to see how many people there are and all that. And I got there about 10 minutes before the line shut down. I was the last person in line and I uh, said, you know what? I'm already in line. Uh, why not? call it an adventure just to try out. And so I went in there with no expectations, tried out. And the next thing you know, here I am. Awesome. So you, since season eight, so you've seen oh, a plethora of house guests. So who are your favorite house guests of all time and why? Yeah, I, I'm an engineer by trade and I've always liked to think that I'm a very analytical person and I tend to gravitate to those type of players 
Uh, Ian Terry, I, I enjoyed his season and watching him play just because I felt like he he took a new approach and was able to make it work of being kind of the quirky, nerdy guy that, that no one gave any credit to, and, and he won the whole thing. Uh, Vanessa, is a, I'm a huge fan of hers because I thought she was very analytical. Uh, there were times where she got a little upset when things didn't go her way, but all in all, she played, a, uh, I think, a very strategic game. Uh, it's easy to say Derek and, and Dan, you know, obviously they're, they're superstars in terms of the way they played as well, but I've always gravitated to the folks who maybe aren't necessarily competition beasts, but have a social game and a strategic game that lets them advance a long way into uh, into the process. And I tried to model my game to a, to a large degree off of some of those people. Though you picked some really good house guests. And were you afraid when you got in the house that they would say, oh, by the way, we have, like like in season 18 and 19, surprise entrances from Davon and Nicole, and, Nicole, and Nicole from Big Brother 16, and not to mention Paul. Were you worried that you were going to be thrown into a curveball like that? Oh, yeah, I was very, I was really worried about that. And it seems for the past few seasons, we've had some of these day one evictions, Steve and Glenn, that uh, both went home. I guess not not first day, but uh, I know Glenn went home first day and Cameron went home first day, I guess, as well. So I went in worried that, that my time in the house would be limited. I'd heard rumors before I went in the house that there was talk about returning couples coming back in, and I really didn't want to have to be coming in trying to compete against veterans, uh, or, and especially couples. Now, as it turns out, we had quite a few couples in our house that I had to compete with anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I was worried about the twist, having seen so many seasons, and, and especially being the old guy and knowing that I came in probably a little bit more of a target on my back because of that. Uh I told a lot of people during my early interviews before I went in the house that I really thought the first two weeks were critical for me, that I needed that first 14, 15 days to kind of develop some relationships. Uh, and But before that, I was really worried that I could be pitched out very early of that house, from that house. All righty. So you're not, you had a little bit of a nightmare because you did over, you did were nominated for banishment. And nominee for Can't Come Back, but however, you won both of them. Hey, I uh, I wasn't going to let them boot me out of that house easy. I wanted to know that when I went out, it was going to be knowing that I gave it everything I had. And uh, fortunately, the uh, the deck was, was lined up for me, and, and I was able to fight my way back in both times. Awesome. So I got to say, of all the alliances... That were day what that the all of all the alliances in that season, you guys had the closest when it came to reaching the finale. The fellowship I'm talking about the fellowship Bazing. It's a fan favorite alliance, and it was you and Nicole and of course Obi. So when yeah. did this alliance form? I I think I think it was after Ovi had been evicted, but was still in the house because of Camp Comeback. Uh, and I believe it was probably the week that, that Kimmy ended up getting getting booted. And it's funny because I went into that house really on day one or two wanting to work very tightly with Ovi. Uh, he was the person that I thought uh, we could work very well together. Uh, and then Ovi had uh, developed a relationship with Nicole as well. And we were sitting in the archery room and just trying to talk about going forward, how we could watch out for each other. Nicole and I both telling Ovi that we wanted to see if we couldn't 
get him back into the house. And it just seems like we we were all underdogs. No one was giving us much much credit that we could do anything at all. And yet we all seem to have slightly different connections uh, with the big alliance and with other people. And as we started comparing notes, it just seems like a, a natural. We came together. Uh, I think we trusted each other. We were all in similar situations, and it didn't take long. I, I feel like it was just a maybe a five, ten-minute conversation. And at the end, we said, let's make this a, a formal alliance. And uh, we all shook hands and walked away and came up with the name a little bit later. And I got to say, forming that alliance uh, – I am happy that we did it. I've never regretted it. I am happy it went as far as it did. I, I wish there was a way that Obi could have stayed a little bit longer because the three of us could have had a lot of fun in that house for a lot longer period of time. But uh, I love those two people and am so happy that, that we all work together on this game. Hopefully there will be another, hopefully there'll be another chance for all three of you. And I'll get that back to later. But however, we got to talk, you mentioned notes earlier. So we got to talk about one of your season's signature elements, which were glyph notes. And why did you decide to put that into that? And what was your reaction when you found out that it was exposed? Yeah, it's so funny that that took off because I really wasn't doing it thinking it was going to be this huge anything. Uh, But... I have been a fan for a long time, and I have watched the live feeds for for the last few years. And I've always appreciated when a person would talk out loud and try to explain their strategy or talk to the cameras. I've always in the past tried to place myself in the shoes of the person inside the house and tried to imagine what's going on. And so it it dawned on me that that talking to the cameras, I could – give a shout out to to the fans and and let them know how much I appreciate let them know that I've been a fan that that I'm just a fan who happened to get in the house that that I'm just like everyone watching the live feeds just lucky enough to be in there and and I felt like it was just an opportunity to explain and help help people watching the live feeds figure out just a little bit more about what was going on in the house so part of it's just my love of big brother and my way of giving back to to all the entertainment I've had over the years watching those live feeds the other part I've got to say is I was realizing I was getting getting up earlier than a lot of the other house guests, grabbing some coffees, eating a little breakfast and all. And and as I'd walk around, I'd realize the cameras were following me around because I was typically the only person that was up. And, and so I, it, it dawned on me that that was one time I could talk to my family because I knew my wife and kids were watching those live feeds. It was the one time I could talk to my family and absolutely know that they were watching and that they could see what was going on. So it, it was my way of staying sane in that house, of communicating with my my wife and kids and, and just saying, hey, I'm okay. And, and as you saw, it's also my chance just to ramble a little bit and talk about things that were going on day to day in my life and uh, things I was missing outside the house and, and just my general feelings and attitudes from, from day to day. So that's why I did it. As far as being overheard, uh, when Nicole told me that, that Christy had overheard me, my jaw just dropped. I thought, well, that's it. I, I, I screwed it up. My wife always said I kind of ha- don't have much of a whisper voice, and sure enough, I've proven her right here in the first few weeks. And and I really I felt horrible that my game was gone, but I also was worried that, that I had damaged Nicole's game and, and Obi's as well because you know I had been overheard talking about the alliance. And so it was uh, – 
it was definitely one of those moments where I thought, well, I, I got to do damage control at this point. And the one thing that worked out for me is I think the only person that maybe has a bigger mouth than I do in that house is Christy. She, uh, she went and blabbed everyone else what she had overheard way too quickly. I think she could have had a whole lot more leverage against me if she had just waited. Uh, one, because it was early enough in the game I wasn't talking about that much strategy at that point in time. I did talk about that I recognized that these four couples or duos had come together. Uh, but beyond that, I, I didn't really say a whole lot that was too harmful. If she had listened in a lot longer, uh, more days, she could have had a whole lot more on me and, and probably used that to her advantage a lot better. But the fact that she immediately went and told everyone else kind of, uh, kind of got rid of a lot of the power that she could have had. And I don't know how much has been seen, but uh, I think the next day, uh, Jackson, having known that I was in there doing this, he actually went in there and listened to me talk as well. Uh, and that part worked to my advantage because he actually heard me saying that I wanted to work with him. And I don't know if I said Holly or not, but that I trusted Jackson. I really wanted to work with him, and I hope that he felt the same way. So from that point to through much of the rest of the season – I think he felt more comfortable that I truly was wanting to, to continue to work with him and it wasn't just a, a scam or a ruse or anything else. So I, I think that may have made me a little bit tighter with Jackson, even though it did certainly cause some issues and, and potentially threaten my game. Uh, I know I had to sit there in the boat room one night with, uh, with Sis and explain to her that, no, I'm not targeting you and Jack. I, I never said that. If Christy's saying that, then she misheard and, this brought Christy in, and we clarified that, no, it was strictly talking about the couples, and that's it. And so I did what I could, and I recovered from it. But, yeah, my big mouth almost cost me early in the game. Especially during your HOH week as well. She could have easily used that as a blackmail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that she could have done. Uh, but once she told everyone, and there's nothing that you say in the house that, that you can't assume will eventually get back to everyone else. and. Sure enough, it got back to me, and, and that gave me the time and the opportunity to, to kind of smooth things out and make sure that people – and i got to say, to some degree, once that happened, I changed my strategy a little bit and, and told Tommy and Christy and several people and said, look, here's my strategy. Y'all heard me talking. I'm not targeting anyone. I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm trying to survive. I'm, I'm not trying to do anything except make it one more week at a time and – uh, and so I, I think to some degree I, I spent a lot of time afterwards kind of saying, hey, I'm an open book. Yeah, here's what I'm about. Y'all y'all don't have to worry about me as much as you do others. And I think that carried some weight uh, as well going forward. Absolutely. And you were part of some several major moments, including when you heard that the six shooters breaking up because every like I was we were watching the video. I was watching some of the house gets back and like seeing Jessica's shock face, and Nick, and then you, Pauline, and Nicole. So what was that moment like on day 44? Oh, that was, that was amazing. I, uh, I, it's one of those situations where I told people before, I said, look, a, a group of eight and then uh, later a group of six, they aren't going to last forever. They're going to fight amongst themselves. Something is going to happen. We just need to make it to that point. So suddenly when I started hearing the fighting going back and forth, I wanted to jump for joy and say, all right, here we go. I knew it was going to happen if I could just wait long enough. And, and, and 
So, so I was excited about that point, but I also was trying to avoid getting caught up in the crossfire. Uh, I wasn't sure at the beginning exactly what the arguing was about. You know, it, suddenly it's it's Jack and, and Jackson, but then Christie's involved and Tommy and Ke- everyone's involved in this issue. And I'm trying to hash out what's going on and uh, and again trying to make sure that the anger stays directed at those people shooting at each other as opposed to going after me and I know sitting in the boat room at one point we're so stressed out we're so uh, everyone's panicking trying to figure out what can I do to survive and at one point I just looked up to the camera and just mouthed I love Big Brother I love this game because even though it was such a dramatic and and, and anger filled and stressful you know hour or two I, that's what I came into Big Brother for were events like that to be a part of it. And, and and then we got a little comic relief when in the middle of all of that, Kat said, look, I just need to tell you, Cliff is not really my father. I thought, yeah. all right, well, I, I hope that's not what this is all being argued about. And it turns out it wasn't. But, uh, it so was, I, was, I was excited to see it, but I, I wasn't sure how it was all going to settle out once I got through with it, too. Also, you were at the moments that people revealed that they were close with each other. Like, for example, there was Kat and Holly, and not to mention Tommy and Christy. So what was going through your mind when you told all about that? Oh, it was it was tough. And I didn't realize that, that Holly and Kat really knew each other. I knew that they kind of had similar paths and all of that. But it wasn't until after I'd been evicted that I realized that or, or learned that they truly were, were tight and known each other very well. Uh, I did know about uh, Christy and Tommy. Uh, Tommy revealed it at the end. And, um, you know, right there during that, that final five or right before the final five big fiasco occurred, it it was difficult. I, uh, I've always liked to think that we all come in with the same advantages, disadvantages, uh, and we compete on even ground, but... You know, looking back at the season, knowing that some of these people knew each other, um, yeah, yeah, people will argue whether that's an advantage or a disadvantage. But all I've got to say is I, I would have loved to have had someone in that house that that I knew going in and that I knew I could trust and would watch my back and all of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it certainly threw a few wrinkles in the process. And learning that Tommy and Christy knew each other certainly came into play when making those decisions uh, regarding that Holly versus uh, Tommy eviction decision. So it was an interesting twist, whether it was planned as an official twist or not. Yeah. I was talking to both Tommy and Nicole in both the episodes in both my respective episodes. Um, First of all, let's start with Tommy. Tommy said that you you two were playing very similar games and were trying to get the first per- and trying to get each other out. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got huge amounts of respect for Tommy. He loves the game. I know he and his family played their own versions of it, and uh, I think Tommy and I were very similar in, in a lot of ways in the way we were playing the game. But we also were just never on the same page. Uh, as much as my respect is for him. I knew he was targeting me, and there were plenty of times that I was targeting him as well. Uh, and it was just because of the respect for, for what a good strategic type player he was. And um, so, yeah, he uh, he and I both uh, were playing the social game. We uh, He had told me I'd laid out my strategy at one point to him and said, look, Tommy, I'm not coming after you. I would love to work with you at some point in the future. 
at this point, I'm just waiting for this big group to blow up. And when it does, come find me, and I'd love to try to make something happen. Uh, at one point, I thought maybe we were going to have that opportunity uh, when uh, when Cat ended up going home, and uh, they kind of blew up this this new Alliance of Six that was going to bring in Nicole and myself to work with Tommy. And yeah, it, it just never worked out in the end. But absolute respect for Tommy and the kind of game he plays and played. Absolutely. And then Double Eviction Nights, you were mentioning that. And then it was probably your two best night. You and Nicole's best night. Nicole winning that HOH for the first time. And then you winning the veto. Yeah, that that was an amazing night. I was so happy for Nicole to see her win. I wanted her to win that, that HOH so badly. And I know we had people say, oh, y'all should have just thrown it. Don't even mess with it. Let, let Mickey and Holly win or let... Christy and Tommy win. They're probably going to go after each other. Instead, y'all will be safe. And maybe that's the case, maybe not. But at that point in time, these different duos were, we were all pointing fingers at each other. You never knew for certain just who, who had whose loyalties. And, and I think Nicole and I at that point both were wanting to, to build our resumes a little bit as well. If we did make it to that final two and, uh, yeah, for, for Nicole to, to win the HOH portion of it and then for me to be able to support her and actually win the uh, the uh, the veto in that same night was, was just an incredible, uh, incredible night. I've got to say that night and my comeback night uh, were the absolute two favorite nights of my entire 93 days in that night. That would be good. But however, I got to say one of your rougher nights happened during Final Five. We saw Nicole. I was talking about Nicole. She called it, sorry, sorry, audience, a clusterfuck of the evening. Yeah. Every other day. Every, you, she said everybody was fighting with each other on Final Five. That was probably the most intense. We saw clips of the of Jackson versus Tommy. Yeah. And before we saw it, before we went back to, the, to watch the HOH part of it. And it was almost like Bailey versus Tyler levels. Yeah, it was it was intense. It was stressful. It was it was a lot of very good players that were all trying to to protect their positions and and figure out the path forward. And uh, you know, Jackson came in and told us that Tommy had approached him, and of course, Tommy was denying it. Uh, and Nicole and I went back and forth on that. Uh, we didn't necessarily believe Jackson in the beginning, but at the same time, he did have exactly the information that Tommy had just given us. And, um, and, and there were just a lot of factors that came into play. And that entire day was, was difficult because uh, Nicole and I were basically, the, well, we were the decision makers uh, on that particular evening. And we were trying to figure out what could we do to best get the two of us to a final two uh, uh, position. And yeah, it was it was tough. That that was that was a rough rough night. Uh, not just because we we're ending someone's dreams, but because we all at that point realized that every decision we were making at that point going forward were were half a million dollar decisions. And so you don't take anything lightly. And Nicole and I were tight. Uh, we had agreed before that decision was ever made that. We were not going to leave either person hung out to dry. We were going to vote as a team. We were going to make our decision one way or the other, and we were going to vote 2-0 and make it happen that direction. 
So it was it was a very interesting evening, Jacob. Yeah, and I noticed that like I noticed that you guys kept you like with the big fights with Taco Tuesday, the six blow up. You and you guys didn't and with the Tommy versus Jackson throughout screaming match, you guys didn't go in the personal mode because the thing is, I if like I definitely can get emotional and like I would have targeted someone's Achilles heel, for example, if I was in in the nineteen house, I would have gone after Caleb's kid. I'm I would have gone after Cody's daughter. I if, if I was in twenty house, I would have gone after Tyler's father. If it was in twenty one, I would mention as Jackson said, I would throw a snide amount about her about his mom. Like I would go after. If, I, but however, here's the thing. I'm amazed that you guys didn't go that personal level. Yeah, and, and I'm glad we didn't, even more so now that I'm out of the house. I mean, the, the house is so intense, and you do whatever you can do to to get in with the right people, and you try – it is a cutthroat position at times. But um, I did try to continually tell myself that this is no different than, than a poker game or, or a Friday night game of Monopoly that – we're playing a game. May the best man win. At the end of it, I, I didn't want there to be hard feelings. I want everyone to shake hands and say, "Hey, you know, you, you did what you could." And uh, and so as part of that, yeah, I didn't want to necessarily go uh, go with the personal attacks. And, and for the most part, I, I felt like we, uh, even though there were there were yelling matches and there was bullying and there were there were things that we all have heard about, but uh, uh, but at the same time. As much as possible, I think we all tried to keep it game focused and realize that we're all just in here competing for that same prize at the end of the day. Speaking of prizes, Jack, we were a lot of fans, alums, and media commentators were very enraged with Jackson's goodbye message to you. However, at the same time, you still voted for Mickey to win the season. Why did you give him his, your vote to him after his brutal goodbye message? Because I thought well, that was uncalled for. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it shocked me. Uh, after I was evicted, I watched the goodbye message. It's like, geez, do you just not care about jury management at all, Jackson? What is going on here? Um, because, yeah, I had threatened to poison the jury and uh, had, had made uh, a lot of – it was kind of my Hail Mary to try to stay in that house over Holly. And uh, and I had made uh, some threats, but in no way was that a personal attack on, on him or his family. It was me trying to play the game and, and trying to survive in any way possible. Um, I will say this. I did not make the decision on who to vote for until just a few minutes before the vote was cast. Uh, as we were hearing them answer questions, as I was sitting up on that stage, I was still going back and forth. But at the end of the day, I am such a huge fan of Big Brother and this game that I had to – I wanted to put my personal feelings aside and vote for who I thought played the best game. And yes, jury management is part of, of the gameplay, but also competitions and social game and strategizing are, are components of, of what makes the best player as well. And I, I don't think anyone will disagree from a competition standpoint that, that Jackson dominated this season. Uh, from a from a strategy game, you know, he played me. He uh, he did several things throughout the season to try to manipulate and make some things happen and. I've got to give credit where credit is due. Um, I also have a feeling he was he was mad when I made those threats about the jury, and I don't blame him for that. And I have a feeling that he probably made his goodbye message uh, at the height of his anger and 
probably would have changed it a little bit later if, if he'd had another opportunity to do it. But, but at the end of the day, I decided to put the personal feelings aside. And even though I think Jackson failed at jury management in that particular occasion, he did so well at everything else that I wanted to reward the best player and, and not just make my vote based on who had offended me or not offended me. And I think I was talking to Tommy about that and in in talking to Tommy about that. And you guys, it seemed like the jury made the right decision after seeing Paul and Tyler lose. And I still blame, but here's the thing. I'm, when it comes to those past decisions, I'm still pissed, and I'm sorry, at Davon, at Natalie Negrotti, at Corey, at Paulie, at Zakia, Jason, Cody Nixon, Elena, Mark, and Alex for their votes for robbing Paul the win. But at the same time, I was happy that Bailey, Sam, and Scotty, who by the who Tyler kind of treated badly in during their during their exits. Yeah. Got the revenge and gave the win to Casey. Yeah, I, I, I've always been an advocate that that the winner needs to be the person who played the best game, and uh, you know, I, I get it. I, after being in that house, I get how easy it would be to, to not just be a bitter juror. Maybe that's that's simplifying it too much, but I can understand that no matter how much you try to say it's just a game, there are feelings involved and. Uh, and it can temper temper how you feel about individuals. But, yeah, I think all of us, for, for the most part, at the end of the day said we're going to vote for the person who, who played the best game, whether we like them or not, whether they personally attacked us or not. And uh, and I think that's what we did. And I'm proud of the decision. I uh, Now that I know Holly and Kat knew each other, it, it makes me even that much more supportive of my decision. Uh, I'm kind of glad that no one who knew each other going into the game won because I wouldn't have wanted to see that. But no, I, I voted for who I thought deserved it, and, and that happened to be Jackson. Okay, so we got to talk about America's favorite house guest because a lot of people a lot of people voted for you, Nicole, and Tommy to make it to the final three of America's yeah. favorite house guests. And what did it mean for you to be in that top three? Oh, it was it was amazing because I, I went into that house and quickly realized how stressful it was and said, you know what, I just have to have some fun in here. And so and I was doing a little bit of dancing and putting together, you know, the, the moon landing and just doing different things, just trying to have fun and talking to my family and all of that. But uh, um, it, you never know how you're being portrayed uh, while you're in a house, being locked away and not having any communication with the outside world. I didn't want to come out after 93 days and have them say, oh, yeah, you were portrayed as a bumbling old fool who never had a clue what was going on and you people just hated you. And So, yeah, to get the recognition that, that at least a segment enjoyed watching me is is amazing confirmation and, and made me incredibly excited. I like Tommy. Uh, as I said before, even though we, we really never worked together that much in the house just because of the circumstances, I love the guy, and he was so full of energy, and I – I would have been shocked if he wasn't one of the top three. And, and of course, Nicole, she, she's my, she's my girl in there. I, she said several times, Oh, you know, I, I'm afraid people won't even know who I am. I haven't done anything. And I tried to tell her on multiple occasions that Nicole, I don't know for certain, but, but in reality, I do know that people are in love with you. There is no way that they don't know who you are. You are, you are going to be America's sweetheart for big brother 21. 
I could just tell because she was that's just Nicole and and I was so happy to see her reaction and and her getting the confirmation of how much people loved her uh, on that stage that last night. So yeah, I got to be honest. As far as the 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 top three for America's favorite, I'm pretty happy with the three people that were up there. I uh, I was very excited, very happy. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I I love getting some confirmation that, that some people enjoyed enjoyed watching this play. Awesome. So I got to say this, and I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Of the older players, I think of the Pantheon for me, I got to say Jerry, yeah. I got to say Rennie, I yeah. got to say Shelly, and I got to say you are the top four older players. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. Because I, here, here's the thing. I've noticed, and no offense to to Kevin or to Steve or to Glenn or to Jody, but of all the older players, you guys really busted that archetype open. Yeah, it was it, it was interesting because I, I do think, and I've said several times, the older player seems like uh, is kind of a throwaway person at times, and uh, especially this season. I mean, there's some seasons where you may have a 40 year old or something, but I, I'm 54 years old and. Yeah, I was in the house with pretty much all twenty-year-olds, so there, there's quite the age gap in there, and uh, and I didn't go in thinking that I was going to play the whole season as a, as just a floater that people would take to the very end and and not worry about it just because you've never done anything. I I had to fight throughout that thing. I had to do uh, from competition standpoint. I had to fight to stay in the house. I had to make deals. I controlled and, and had influence in some of the, the big decisions that were made. So I do feel like I was an active player uh, from start to finish. Uh, good decisions, bad decisions, whatever. I was not just someone off on the sidelines that, that got taken just as an afterthought. Uh, and so that part makes me proud. You know, watching Jerry uh, when he played, uh, I, he's one of my heroes just because he was – uh, he was so much older than everyone else, and he found a way to uh, uh, to make it what final three, if I recall. So, uh, uh, and I gotta say, I mean, Kevin, uh, when I watched him a couple of years ago, he he's the one that gave me some hope and inspiration. Even though he and I played you know, played different games in the way we we did it from week to week, seeing him get as far as he did get, did give me hope that there was a path if I was just willing to adapt and, and adjust to what was happening in the house and, that I could go a long way. And yeah, and I'm proud. I'm proud of how I did. Cause I know going in, no one picked the old guy is making it to a, uh, you know, to a final four position in this game. So it was, it wasn't always easy trying to fit in with all the younger people. I, uh, you know, I, sometimes I felt very isolated in that house, but I did what I could to, to be just another contestant in there and try not to make age the, the difference. Alrighty, so over the past few seasons, I've Law Productions and casting, we've seen them only cast one or two of you guys, of the yeah. old house guests. And because what I mentioned with your recent success on the show, do you think they should consider casting additional older older house guests? Yeah, I'd like to see a bigger range. I, I don't necessarily want to see a season where there's a bunch of 20-somethings and then there's just two or three 50-year-olds or something. I'd be curious to see a range where we get some, you know, a mix of 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds. You know, if, if we can get a range from top to bottom without just that one outlier, uh, any direction, uh, I'd be real curious to see how a group such as that would, would work together. 
you know, in our season, uh, Jessica and myself and Sam had families and uh, had kids, you know, married and such. And uh, I'd be curious to see what would happen if you had more people in the game that weren't all just singles looking for showmances, but you actually had a little bit more of a mix of of all different ages, all different uh, social status, marriage status, everything else, and just see how that changes things up. And that's why I liked... I, that's why I liked Big Brother 10 and Big Brother 13. I'm trying to remember who was on 10 and 13. Um, uh, that, uh, it was, if I remember correctly, it was Dan's first, Dan Giesling's first season. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was Jerry and Rennie, plus you had Jesse and Dan. Okay, yeah. And Michelle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting when you have such a, a larger group of, of younger people. And, and maybe that's the way to some degree that the big brother they've chosen to go. I do feel like maybe we're getting more physical challenges than, than we had in, in the past and earlier seasons. And with more physical challenges, maybe they feel like they need more younger players. Uh, seems like there's, there's a little more uh, focus on showmances and all of that. And to get that, you need the younger folks as well. So no, no, no. I, I'd like to see it mixed up every once in a while, even if it's not not done every season. But but I'd be curious to see what would happen, how the game would change if you had an older uh, older average age in there for for at least just one season and see what happens. Speaking of like speaking of being aggressively challenges, I got to say I remember seeing listening to Taryn Armstrong and several other Big Brother commentators saying that it's been it's getting way too much physical. Do you think they need to have, in your opinion, should they decrease, go back to older seasons where it was basically more mental near the end? Well, I certainly would like to see that from a from a very personal uh, biased objective. I I've read some things saying that oh, you know, the physical challenges maybe are a little more exciting for viewers to watch than someone that's just pushing a button or changing at cards, things like that. And and I guess I get that, but I like. I like having a little more balance with the mental and, and it just gives everyone, I think an opportunity and forces people to be a little more well-rounded in order to get to the end. Uh, and certainly we were thinking there were going to be more mental challenges at the end of this season. And that played a huge role uh, in Nicole and I uh, making our decision regarding Tommy versus Holly, uh, because Tommy was just such a huge mental threat. He was, he was so smart and knew faces and dates and everything else. And as it turns out, it wasn't as it was more physical challenges at the end than we had expected. But yeah, I've always liked the mental challenges. I uh, and and the physical part. I knew going in, I wasn't going to win a whole lot of the the super physical challenges. Uh, and there were several of them where it quickly became obvious that I'm not winning this sucker, but I wasn't going to let the game beat me either. And I, I still wanted to finish it and be done and and walk away with my head held high. But yeah, I'd love to see more mental challenges. Having said that, if Big Brother 22 comes along and it's it's 60, 70% mental challenges, I'm going to be upset that I was in 21 and not 22 because I, I think that would benefit my game. Speaking of 22, Big Brother celebrating 20 years along with Survivor. And yeah. why do you think Big Brother has lasted so long while other reality television shows have to either A, were canceled or be rebooted. Yeah, I think it's uh I think there's several times. One, 
I think it's brilliant that they do it during the summer. Uh, you know, they had over the top, and then they had the one season during the rider strike that was that was in the fall or the winter. I can't recall, but for the most part, it's just that summer recreation. Everyone uh, looks forward to it every year. I, I think it's the combination of the strategy and the uh, the physical aspects of the game. Uh, Big Brother, in particular, I think it's a lot of it just has to do with it's all about relationships. You can be, you can be someone like Jackie uh, Jackson and and win so many challenges, but if you can't talk to other people and work with other people and develop relationships, there's still not a guarantee that you're going to win the game. It, it's that social component and watching people, for the most part, regular people that are throwing in together. A very diverse set of regular people are throwing in together and forced to interact with each other. And knowing that if you can't interact with each other, you're out the door. That's what's always excited me and what's made me such a fan of Big Brother is the fact that you have it's all about finding a lot of different people and finding ways that you can get along with, with all these different people. Awesome. And here's the thing. We all saw in Halloween time that Julie went into the Big Brother house and dressed up as several house guests. Yeah. Everybody was thinking it's the 20th anniversary, All-Stars. If they were doing All-Stars would you for the second for the second go around, would you consider it? Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. I uh, I've never been one to say no to adventure and if, if they asked me back, I would uh would absolutely jump at the occasion to do it. Don't know if they will or not, you know, age-wise and all of that, but uh oh, I'd love to go back in the house and it would be real interesting you know, I'd have to think long and hard. Would I play the game the exactly the same way, or would I come in and suddenly uh, be a lying, deceitful person and completely flip the the way I played the first game? I'll flip it on its ear and, and try a different approach. It would it would be fun. I, I've never been a huge fan of bringing vets back. I was so happy it was all uh, newbies in our season. Uh, but now, having played the game, I do see going back in. The, so many opportunities where you know so much more about what's involved in that game. And there's a lot of things that I could do differently that would be a lot of fun to see how 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 my performance went if I flip things up here and there. Yeah, and Survivor with Survivor winners at war, they would be $22 million for against all the winners. I'm thinking for the bet, like for Big Brother, like when my thinking was for an all-star season – do the celebrity or like in between the earlier seasons, like with 60, yeah. 60 days and bring back 40, the best people, 20 men, 20 women, and then put in the cash prize of a million. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it. And, uh, it would be kind of interesting as well. If I don't know if there's enough big brother winners that would be willing to do it, that you would have just winter season, but if you could bring back the people who spent a lot of time in that house and, yeah, maybe instead of 16 people, you have a lot more people and, and you boot them out. You have evictions twice a week instead of just once a week. You do some things there. Completely change up the game and put everyone, force everyone to accept some new conditions and see how they perform in a follow-up season. That'd be a lot of fun. It's not just the winners. like, doc, like It's not just the winners I'm like looking at, like Dr. Will and then June Song and Dan, but like people like Janelle or... Tyler or Paul or Frankie Grande or Jesse Goddard's. Oh, there. Yeah, there, there are a lot of people that I'd love to love to see back in that game that maybe didn't win, but uh, 
I, I don't think you have to win the game in order to have played a good game and a strategic game. And, and, and there's a lot of people. It'd be hard to trim the list down to, to a manageable number because I've seen so many people that just came so close and didn't quite make it uh, but played amazing, fun games to watch. Absolutely. So speaking of games, there are three other games. Have you thought about going on like Survivor or Amazing Race or Sequester? Yeah, it would. Uh, uh, I have not seen Sequester, uh, so I'll, I'll. I don't know as much about that. I, I've heard plenty of people talking, but uh, yeah, Amazing Race and and Survivor. Survivor was the first show I ever watched. I'd love to love to do that. Amazing Race. I've been all over the world in, in my profession. I, I really have been everywhere, and uh, I've always thought it'd be fun to to do Amazing Race. For instance, Nicole had never even been out of the country. Uh, before, uh, until after she got out of Big Brother, and she and I went up to Canada to do a promotion together. And that's the first time she'd ever left the United States. I, I've always thought it'd be pretty funny for Nicole and I to, to be an amazing race team, me having all the experience in, in the world and her having none, and uh, uh, and just see how the two of us would, would do. But, yeah, uh, either one of Amazing Race and Survivor, I, I love both of those shows. I'm a reality TV junkie. There's a... There's a lot of shows. Now, don't put me on Top Chef and don't put me on uh, Design Star or some of those things. But uh, but in terms of the reality competitions, yeah, I'd love to, to see some of those other programs and be involved with them also. All righty. So if you had – this is my second to last question. If you had the opportunity to meet with future house guests who want to compete on the show, what advice would you share with them? Yeah, you know, I think there's two things. One is I would caution them that – this is a marathon game. 99 days is a long time in that house. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. They need to get themselves in that mindset. I, I do think people sometimes get into that house, burn themselves out too early, and try to do too much in, in the beginning. Uh, and, and so I, I would caution them to just stay calm and patient and let things pan out. The other thing that, that I would say after having been in the house myself is, you don't owe you don't owe answers to anyone. That uh, it's okay to say, "Look, I'm not comfortable saying," or "I don't know yet," or you know, anything you say in that house, you have to assume at some point it may come back and get to everyone else that's still inside that house. So uh, you have to be careful about promising too much or saying too much to anyone uh, because you just never know what the repercussions will be and. Sometimes it does pay off just to be the silent person and and just let other people do the talking and the arguing, and you just sit back and, and see how the game develops. So, uh, again, the, the summary, you don't owe anyone an answer or an explanation, uh, and just be quiet sometimes, and, and you'll probably do better in the game. All righty. So if my listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on a... Twitter and Instagram, uh, Cliff underscore hog on Twitter and Cliff dot hog on Instagram. Uh, I'm verified out there, so it should be hard at all to find me. And yeah, it's interesting. I was not part of the social media world before I came into the big brother house. I, uh, I didn't have Instagram. I had Twitter and I think I had eight followers. And, uh, so this has been a whole new world for me. Fortunately, I have two kids who are social media experts that have shown me the ropes and, and helped me set everything up and all. So, uh, yeah, come find me uh, on either one of those accounts. Uh, again, before as a house guest, I was a fan. I love talking about Big Brother and 
And anyone who wants the inside scoop or just wants to chat, send me a send me a message. I'm always happy to talk about these reality shows. All righty, and guys, you can find me at Jake's Take on Jake to read my articles. Jake's Take J A K E S dash Take dot com, and you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jacob Elishar J A C O B E L Y A C H A R, and Cliff. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk with me. I truly enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. I, again, I love talking about Big Brother, uh, whether it's my season or just Big Brother in general. And, uh, you know, it's been a few months now, but that house is still fresh in my memory. And it's something that I, it's, I'm going to have those memories for the rest of my life and always happy to talk about them. So thank you, Jake. You're so welcome. And have a great day, everybody. Take care. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.